You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello, my friends. It's the Randy and Ray Show here. Now, this is going to be both a combined broadcast on uh, our video, as well as a, uh, a radio show, as well on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. So, if you're watching this, Next week, you can hear the entire show on the radio show as well. Tell your friends. Ray, we got so much to talk about. I know, dude. Like, just in our little pre-show talk here, like, we started to get into it, man. So I'm excited for this one. We're going to have to, like, stop the clock on it. I guarantee it. <laughs> I've already, I already felt my blood pressure going up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So the question is, what are we going to start with, bro? I think we have to start with the absolute theater of the absurd in New York. Oh, that's a great, that's a great place. There, there can be, there can be no more, um, uh, ex huge example of political incompetence of, of liberalism gone wild and of politicians who are, who think they know more than the rest of us. And what this is going to lead to, it's already leading to, to incredible victimization. It's, it's insane. And yeah, of course, we're talking about justice reform. Is that what we're calling it? Justice reform? That's what Governor Cuomo is calling it. Let me, <laughs> I've got, wait a minute, I've got his, uh, I got his stuff here that, that uh, oh, here it is. Okay. So this is taken right off of Governor Cuomo's website. Governor Cuomo has aggressively pushed smart and fair criminal justice policies to ensure New York State remains a national leader in, you're going to love this word, progressive reform. Oh, awesome. I love that. Go ahead. Continue, so, sir. Okay. So this is, this is his 2019 criminal justice accomplishments. He's touting these as accomplishments. Bail reform eliminates cash bail for most defendants to ensure an individual's wealth is no longer the determining factor for pretrial detention while awaiting their day in court. Got it. Because tons of wealthy people commit crimes every single day. It happens oh yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Then there's discovery reform. Now, this is a part of this is these are the little parts that haven't made um, that haven't really made the headlines, but are really important. Requires the prosecution and defense to share all information in their possession well in advance of trial and enables defendants to review evidence the prosecution possesses prior to pleading guilty to a crime. We're going to talk about what that means because that is a huge deal. But it's, it's one of those things where it sounds different than what was actually occurring behind those words. January 1st, the new justice reform laws went into effect in the state of New York. And how's that worked out for him? Oh, it's it's already a uh, a shit show, for lack of a better word. And, and we're what six days, seven days in, whatever it is. It's just it's not going great. The, I have one little anecdotal story of of just an example of how well it's going. Uh, guy goes out, commits bank robbery. Turns out it's his fourth robbery offense. And uh, you know, no cash bond. Just just go, you know what? Here's your here's your gift bag of, of, of gift certificates and candy bars or whatever the hell they're giving out to these people on the way out. And please come to court, sir. I know you probably won't do it again. You're gonna listen this time. So in other words, everyone, 
for uh, nonviolent offenses. This is, this is how it's being sold. This is how it was pushed out to the public, that for misdemeanors and nonviolent offenses, when you're arrested in the state of New York now, you get basically a ticket for such nonviolent offenses as, uh, oh, how about manslaughter? So in Albany, get this, in Albany, right after the first of the year, a um, couple days into it, this uh, suspect who had a uh, violent criminal history ties up a woman, puts a, a, um, a knotted rope around her neck, plunges a knife into her throat and kills her, and they released him without bail saying um, it's manslaughter. Insane. It's insane. The world has lost its mind, especially in New York. I don't know what's happening, dude. I mean, how is it possible that a guy who plunges a knife into the throat of, of a, a woman gets out without bail? How is this possible? What world, what alternative universe has New York become? It's scary because... You know, I, I honestly believe that these politicians don't even agree with the things that they're, they're putting across the, 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 you know, in a bill. I think it's 100% pandering for votes. I think they, they float ideas out there that sound good to some people um, to try to pick up some votes from a bunch of criminals. To be honest, just to be brutally honest, that's what's happening. Um, well, they, 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 here we are. Is in favor of giving votes to prisoners. 100%. Like in, in California, they're, they're already talking about putting uh, felons on, on, in jury pools. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, how, how do you think that's going to turn out? You know what I mean? Like, looking for that not guilty vote, sweet, get a parolee on, 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 the, on the jury. But New York's a complete disaster, dude. You got to read that list here in, in, oh, in, in some okay. ways because it's, it's insane. <laughs> All right. So here is the, the nonviolent um, and misdemeanor offenses that will no longer. Um, uh, require bail. Now, this is just, you go, you, you get arrested, you get a ticket, you get asked to go to court. And if you're in Rikers Island, um, you get, you get, uh, de Blasio has given a half a million dollars of the taxpayers' money to make little gift baggies for the prisoners when they get released for gift cards and, and Mets games tickets and, and, and cell phones and, and things like that. Half a million dollars, Half a million dollars. already, already in a money. new program. It's crazy what's happening. <laughs> so, so one of the sheriffs in, uh, in New York, who of course is, is beside himself with, uh, um, with anger over this, published, published this list. Okay, here's, here's what he says. Bail reform mandates for 2020 in New York State are here. Judges will no longer be able to set bail on any of the following charges listed below. The defendants must be released on non-monetary conditions, regardless of criminal record, ties to the community, or previous bench warrants on other cases. Look at the list of crimes where defendants will be given appearance tickets or mandatory release at the arraignment, regardless of their criminal history. This is horrible legislation that will have a negative effect on public safety. Sheriff, you said it right. Okay. I'm Ugh, this, this makes me sick, dude. I hate, I hate hearing this even again. Ugh. It's worth reading. It, it's worth reading so people know. Okay, I'm going to read a few because it is, it is unbelievable, okay? So we got um, uh, burglary, residential. Burglary as a hate crime. Robbery, 
Second, robbery is a hate crime. These are nonviolent offenses that you'll get a ticket for. Uh, robbery three, criminal sale controlled substance. Use of a child to commit a controlled substance offense. Uh, no problem there, right? No problem. No, no, this is, it's, it, listen, it's not violent. It's not violent. Uh, criminal sale of controlled substance to a child. Um, uh, criminal possession, manufacture of methamphetamine. Oh, we can cook a lab and get a ticket in New York, dude. What are we, what are we waiting for? Come on. Assault. Assault is a hate crime. Reckless assault of a child. Reckless assault of a child by a daycare provider. Stalking. Stalking is a hate crime. Vehicular assault. Aggravated vehicular assault. Aggravated assault upon a person less than 11 years old. Oh. Nonviolent offense. That's totally nonviolent. Menacing. Um, promoting a suicide. Uh, criminally negligent homicide. That is insane. Manslaughter. Unlawful imprisonment. Aggravated labor trafficking. Oh, my. Coercion. Criminal trespass. Uh, burglar tools. Aggravated cemetery destruction, whatever that is. Um, um, is there non-aggravated cemetery destruction? <laughs> no. um, basically, all kinds of, of cyber crime is, is, now, is now you get a ticket for it. Lewdness. That's a good one. Oh, facilitating female genital mutilation. Insane. I mean, it literally, it goes on and endangering the welfare of incompetent, incompetent or physically disabled person. Bail jumping. Bail jumping. Well, there is no bail, so that one, just throw it out, dude. We don't need that one anymore. And of course, resisting arrest, <laughs> killing a police work dog or police work horse, bribing a witness, bribing a juror, it's just, it goes on and on and on and on. I mean, it's literally, they have basically done what California, actually, they've gone a step further than California. For sure they have. They've, uh, they basically have, have created an environment that will, I mean, and, and let's, let's talk about what sort of, what has happened since this, since this is already going on. All over the, the, the news has been these anti-Semitic attacks taking place in New York. We had the, the, the murder of several people right, at, right across the, um, in New Jersey, uh, where they targeted the Jewish community. And then there's been all these anti-Semitic attacks that are getting all kinds of, of national attention. But do you think they care about that as far as keeping people safe? Because the same woman has already committed three attacks, and she she's gotten out three times. Yeah, and it happens over and over and over, and it's going to continue to happen. Take something like stalking. The entire point of, of some arresting somebody for stalking is to get them away from the person they're stalking so they don't kill them. What happens when you cash no cash bail a stalking charge and they get right out and go kill the person who just reported them? Wait, wait a minute. This is where that, that other portion we were talking about Re discovery reform and speedy trial reform. This is what, what Cuomo, that moron, is bragging about. And, and I don't know if you saw him. He's trying to defend it now because he's, now he's under fire because right. the public is going, wait a minute, how did this get passed? So now if you, if you, all I got to do is watch him on television and I want to crawl through my television and strangle him because that's a nonviolent offense that I'd get out. So <laughs> discovery reform requires the prosecution and defense to share all information 
in their possession well in advance of trial and enables defendants to review evidence for prosecution prior to pleading guilty. Now, here's what this means. Because I, I, uh, uh, I spoke to a prosecutor who is so concerned about this. Here's, what, here's the, the reality of that. Now, prosecutors are going to have to give the criminal access to the same people that they victimize. They have to give them their contact information. So you just sexually assaulted a woman. Now, you get her phone number. Yeah. They're giving away all victim and witness contacts within 15 days now. That's right. And wait a minute. Crazy. It gets even worse. The judge can now order that the crime scene does not get touched so that the defendant can visit it afterwards. What? I haven't heard that one. Yep. I've got some exciting news if you are a coffee lover. And that is that Law Dog Coffee has been born. The Law Dog Coffee Company is a law enforcement friendly um, company that makes delicious, and I mean delicious, roasted coffee. Okay, here's the deal. Law Dog Coffee Company. It's lawdogcoffee.com. It is a subscription-based uh, company. So the, the coffee, which is phenomenal, is delivered directly to your door. You just you just order how, how often you want it, and it gets delivered to you. Great clothing line, all kinds of cool mugs and hats and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, so check it out, and 15% of all revenue goes to the Wounded Blue. You're going to love it, and this is, I made this up. I kind of like this. Law Dog Coffee. Tastes so good. Ought to be illegal. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. To unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. We are the vision of the voices. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. I was a detective for a minute. Um, So what you're saying is... In this new this new law that passed six days ago in New York, 
they have to keep crime scenes open so defendants can visit them. So who exactly is maintaining these crime scenes? Are, are we going to have like never ending crime scenes from now on and just, just hold property. If, if, a, if a crime happens in someone's apartment, we're going to be like, Hey, wait a minute. The law says we're staying here uh, for six months. Get out. Like how does that exactly work in the real world? No, no, no. This is going to fall. The victims can't, can't alter the crime scene. So, so you get, you get a sexually assaulted, and, and a violent sexual assault, and, and, and you can't clean up your, your, your own home because, because the prisoner who's now got, prisoner, the defendant who now has your phone number can come over and visit the crime scene. Insane. It's, it's, have you, I, I've never heard anything like that. This is the theater of the absurd, Ray. This is, this is some weird alternative reality. And let me, let me ask you. How did this get? How did this get passed? How well, that's that, that's exactly it. like how 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 does this happen? How are we number one electing people that think this is a good idea, and number two, some of these like the stuff that happened in California, that's by like proposition. These people are voting on it. I don't I don't think people read anything they vote for or really understand the people they're voting for at this this point. Um, if they if they like not being a victim of crime, at least it's and this is all in the name of of uh, of uh, reform a system. Okay. Listen, the criminal justice system has, it has never worked perfectly. I mean, I was a cop for 34 years. You were a cop for, for a long, long time. And none of us are going to say, wow, the criminal justice system, man, it's, it, it hums like a, like a machine. It doesn't, <laughs> it's imperfect. Correct. And it, and it, and it, because you have imperfect people running it, you have a system, but at least it was a system. And so now you, you take people who are predators. And, and the reality is that for you to actually go to prison, to go to prison, you got to be, you got to do some serious shit. Usually a, a few times, too, to be times. honest. To yeah. actually get to prison, right? Yep. Well, in the name of reform, this is what, this is what Cuomo, um, you know, uh, this is, this is what he's bragging about. Since Governor Cuomo took office in 2011, this guy's been the governor since 2011. That's crazy. The prison population has decreased by 10,000 people. The current population is at its lowest level in 30 years and leads the nation with lowest imprisonment rate of a large state. How in God's name do you celebrate that? How about go look at the crime rates and then compare it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how is it good that, hey, you know what? We don't, we don't lock up violent prisoners anymore and predators and thugs and thieves. We, we let them out because we want their vote. Next, we're going we're gonna to push it and make them voting felons in our state so I can get even more of their votes. That's what this is really all about. I don't think these politicians believe a damn thing they talk about. I think it's 100% about getting votes. I think they're finding places to qualify new voters and they're going after the criminals. There's a lot to that, but people need to pay attention to what's happening. If it's a vote on, when you see a vote on, on a bill that's, that's saying uh, crime reform or reduction in this and that in, in, in crime, read it. it does, yeah. the, the title of it does not mean what it says, I promise you, almost well, always. When, they, when California did their ridiculous Proposition 47, I think it was, yep. that was sold to the public under some nom de guerre as uh as uh cost saving measures or oh, something. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, yeah. it was like the, the right. Prison Reform Act that will save this much money yeah. in California. And then crime went through the roof and, and now everyone regrets it, but you know. And, and the, the, the um, state legislator that pushed that was from San Diego, I forgot her name. Um, but she just got the very prestigious award of the Golden Fleece Award, awarded to a politician who fleeced the public best. He actually All got these politicians. That's, that's an amazing award, by the way. These, <laughs> I think what's happening in New York and California in general, like in, in new laws affecting law enforcement, um, is just such a joke. Like there's one, I won't get into it very long, but a California law just went in effect January 1st. To give you an example of the lunacy, okay? If, if you use, as each person in the state of California, if you use over 55 gallons of water per day, it's a $1,000 fine. If the governor decides to declare a drought, it's a $10,000 fine. So if you take a shower for eight minutes and do a load of laundry, $1,000 fine in California, you're welcome. I'm not sure who's going to ever enforce that, but there you go. Laws, <laughs> making laws for the sake of making laws. You know, and, and here's, the, here's the, you know, part of the, the absurdity here. So the next time that there's, a, there's another mass shooting in New York, there's going to be hue and cry for making new laws to outlaw guns or whatever they're something along those lines. Um, when in fact the laws already exist, but now if you have a gun, you just get a ticket and, and, and released. So the, the absurdity here is that of course there are laws on the books for pretty much all of the, all of the uh, offenses that, that the liberal um, uh, politicians and media scream about every time that there's another shooting, and yet they won't act on those laws that are already exist. Yep. Because that would be racist or it would be um, um, uh, gentrification or the elitist, you know, uh, uh, it, it, would be, it would be harmful to the poor. Now, Ray, who are the victims? Who are the people that are that are most victimized by violent crime in in urban areas? Oh, it's it's the poor people who live there. It, it, it's of the course. actual citizens. Of course. Yes, always. Right. It's the kids this. sleeping. Have to sleep in the bathtubs because there's drive-bys through the neighborhood. Like I've seen it with my own eyes. It's it's horrible. So the Dallas Dallas has seen an upsurge in in uh, violent crime. Okay, so the police department, the chief is is trying to enact some, um, some methodology that would, that would combat, that would combat um, violent crime, right? So um, they're being, the, the police chief is now being criticized by the ACLU and civic activists for actually wanting to, to um, uh, put, you know, put a damper on violent crime. Um, Dallas was on a pace to have at least 200 homicides last year. Uh, and also saw a sharp increase in the number of robberies and aggravated assaults. Both Johnson and the who is the the, um, the chief, or uh, on the on the on the council, uh, expressed frustration with the lack of a crime-fighting plan. Of the 192 homi uh, homicide victims, 127 of that number were African Americans, or 66 percent. In addition, 46 were Latinos. 17 were white. So, and I, I ventured to, to say that this is endemic of pretty much every urban environment. The victims 
are black and Hispanic. Yep. And, and yet the police are being called racist for trying to save lives. It, it, it goes back to the old thing where, you know, something, I don't have the details, so I won't get into it too much, but there was a report that came out against the LAPD, racial profiling again, right, yeah. a, a higher number of, of, of black stop than anyone else. But then you go and look at, if you dig into that, and, and you know, I, I've worked predominantly black neighborhoods, Hispanic neighborhoods, and white neighborhoods. Who you, who you criminally profile in all of those neighborhoods is the, the, the criminals in that area. If you're working in a black neighborhood, you're going to target black criminals, like, and you're going to have a higher proportion of, of, of stops and activity with them. And of guess course. what? More of them are going to go to jail. And if you look at the murder rates and it's 80% one race, probably, probably most, a, a large amount of percentage is going to be with police contact the same. Right, like it's if you have eighty percent uh, race A, probably eighty percent of your police contacts are going to be race A because that's called good police work going after the people who are the problem. It's not being racist. But but the the, the liberal left refuses to acknowledge simple facts. I mean, so what what the um, the number of African Americans alone who have been killed in our city in two thousand nineteen is staggering and would constitute a bad year for total homicides in many large cities. This is from uh, um, the, the, the police chief. And so what they're doing, so new efforts will focus on data-driven policing, increasing clearance rates of violent crime and improving communication and coordination within the department. Uh, among the biggest initiatives is a plan to create an intelligence-led policing unit known as predictive policing. Now, this is where the ACLU and, and, um, and the activists are losing their minds. Because it is, and, it, and here's the, the incongruity, is it is simply based on crime statistics. Right. It's like good, a good crime analyst unit, right? Is that, that basically what they're putting together? Um, right. That, that can be a cornerstone. It was huge in our detective bureaus and departments I worked. A good crime analysis unit, they would solve crimes better than anybody else because they have all the numbers, all the figures, central information. It's a good thing. It's to stop the bad people. It's, it's nothing else. But somehow this has been turned around into racist policing into the narrative that once again, it is the police who have the problem, not the criminals, not the community. And, and this is where, this is where um, politicians like, like Cuomo and de Blasio and, and whoever those morons are in the state legislature in New York that actually passed and voted for and celebrated the justice reform because they're, they're shoving they're shoving their liberal agenda down the throats of the victims. Do you remember, Ray, back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, when there was a, a pronounced um, uh, effort to combat violent crime? And the yep. way that, that the government did it was the same way that, um, because there was a huge amount of, of violent gang activity uh, centered around crack cocaine mostly. And the murder rates went, went crazy because of, of gang uh, activity and such. So the government put gang enhancements on, on crimes in order to put the bad guys in jail. And what did we see? We saw a dramatic drop in crime. In fact, New York City became one of the safest cities in the country. They were, they were a war zone back in the 70s. But because of of uh, Rudy Giuliani um, and uh, Bernie Carrick and, and, and Comstat, which is basically data-driven policing, uh, 
we saw New York become the safest city in America. That is, should be considered success. And yet now it's being, de- it's being derided as racist. It works. I worked a gang unit. 75% of our job was intelligence, stat driven, you know, all that re- the reporting that we're talking about. And we would turn into actionable, you know, things that we could go out and put the bad man in jail. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just these politicians feel like on the left, I, I really, I believe this now that they will not side with the police or law enforcement or, you know, pro good guy on anything anymore because they're afraid of being called out and be called, be called a racist from their own party. Yeah. I, I think that's right. where we're at. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. They won't, they won't support anything because then look, look what they did to Kamala Harris. They ran her out because she was a, a former a state attorney general, essentially. And they said she was too pro police and she's not, I promise oh, you. Oh, she's not at all. No, but that's what happened. Right. Right. It, it, Crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And, and talk about, um, um, gang activity, right? So Chicago is 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 murder capital of the country, right? Almost uh, uh, probably ninety percent of the homicides are gang related, right? And that includes you know gang members killing gang members, and then people caught in the crossfire that you know are innocent victims. Um, the um, they had they have they have a very active gang unit, and they keep gang intelligence files. Well, guess what? Not anymore. It was it was ruled that they're racist and therefore oh. they can't get, can't keep files on gang members anymore. And and there was there's always been strict laws of that data. Like I've we've I've been in the unit keeping gang files. And I forget the purge year. It was a year or two years, whatever it was. And we purged those files and we did it. We would take them out of the gang file if there was no new activity. It's always been done right. It's just it just sounds good to to be hard on cops rather than being hard on crime. All of a sudden. And uh, they're looking for ways to to make some headlines and get some some Twitter followers, and and that's that's the world we live in now, man. It's uh, it's a scary place when when it comes down to it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a uh, I'm gonna make a prediction. Oh. <laughs> My prediction is that um, within a very short period of time, the uh, the justice reform will collapse and backfire in the faces of Cuomo and de Blasio and those other morons who, who passed these laws. It's go- because what's going to happen is there's going to be carnage like, like has never been seen before. And it's going to be tied directly to people who are being released into the public who are, who are, who are predators. And I, and I mark my words is there's going to be bloodshed. There's going to be innocent victims who are going to pay the price with their blood and their lives because of the incompetence and because of the political considerations of these people. And 100% there will be a body count because of politics on this. Absolutely. And, and here's the worst part. What's the, what's the, what's the cost to, to Cuomo and, and, and de Blasio? None. An sure. election? Maybe. And they've already been in there and they're already rich. It doesn't matter. Like the, Cuomo's got eight years in already. What does he care? I don't even know if he can run again. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know if he's termed out or not. But 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 that's <clears throat> that's the accountability that is there. Now, you're always hearing, I love this. You're always hearing the police need to be held accountable. <laughs> accountability. It's accountability. I've never seen more accountable a more accountable population than law enforcement. And uh and uh oh that that reminds me. 
that reminds me. I got, I got a really disturbing um, email yesterday. Um, it was it's concerning a, a police officer who was killed down in Louisiana over the weekend, murdered. And the the person that, that contacted me is a police officer in the same area, and he told me that this officer was making $15 an hour, no health care, and were sent through a, 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 a police academy that um, was considered a non-stress academy. Ugh. So what's happening is, in, in, and Louisiana isn't the only place, we're giving these men and women inadequate training. We are giving them inadequate uh, pay. We are giving them inadequate uh, um, benefits. And we are asking them to literally put their lives on the line. And for what? For 15 bucks an hour? It's, that's almost as bad as the Pennsylvania police officer who was making $9.28 an hour when he was murdered. Uh, th- th- this is something that I don't think the American public is even aware of. That you you can you make more going to working at McDonald's than you do um, putting your life on the line for your for your fellow citizens. This has got to be crazy. This is insane. In fact, yesterday another police officer was murdered uh, down in um, in in Florence uh, at a at a regional airport. And I heard this, this hadn't even gone through the academy yet. They put this officer out on the street with no training. No training, and he was shot multiple times on a traffic stop. <clears throat> this is unconscionable, Ray. How can we do this to? How can we do this to to these men and women who who are simply trying to do their best to protect their communities? Look, there needs to be some kind of national standard um, with benefits, um, like mental health uh, things w- with access to, to mental health professionals pay, salary, benefits, all of it. Like this is not a job that, that you should be stressed out about paying your bills every single day. And most cops are, they live on their overtime because yep. they're not making enough. Now I come from California. Cops make pretty good money in California. I'm not personally complaining. What I'm talking about is, is everybody else in the middle of the country. Yep. The coast get money. Um, Vegas probably was paid pretty well, I would imagine. I always worked in Southern California. But there's guys, like you said, making nothing doing this job. And they're risking their life just the same. Just because I I work big city stuff doesn't mean that my job was riskier or anything else than anybody else. It does not matter. It can happen anywhere in the middle of Minnesota on a rural road, you know, in population 200. It does not matter. It's the same job. And we we can't just let our men and women in law enforcement down like this. You know, it's like... This, this, is a, this is a big conversation. This is a big conversation <clears throat> because there are 18,000 different police agencies in this country. Think of that. It's a staggering number. 18,000 different police agencies. That means different chiefs, different administrations, different rules, different regulations, different training. Each state is, it makes its own uh, requirements. Now, in, in, when I was first trained I had to get hired as a cop and then go to training. And, and so you are highly motivated to succeed, to work your ass off. Like I was trained at the New, New Jersey State Police Academy. And they, you, it was a residential academy. You had to live there for three months. Nice. And I mean, you worked your ass off 
in, in firearms and in physical training and in, in, in fitness, in criminal law, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you walked out of there, you walked out ready, ready to rock and roll. <clears throat> What's happening now around the country is in the, in the name of cost saving, there are, there are uh, many, many academies which are basically just classroom academies, yep. college Crazy. classes. And they get a, a, a certification that says, okay, you've now passed all these classes so you can go be a police officer. And then, and then, and then departments hire them and they have no idea what the training is. And yet it's crazy. It's, it's insane. And so you're, when you said that there should be a national standard, I couldn't agree more. There should be a national standard. And yet you'll get so much pushback from that, from police chiefs around the country who say, uh, I want to have the autonomy on this. And so that leads to a lack of training and, and then, and then, you know, we, we expect our officers to, um, to be superheroes, to, to never make mistakes. And then when they do, we burn them down. Like it, like, like uh, they're the, they're the, the worst humans on the face of the yep. planet. So yep. it's, it's, so, you know, and that's why, you know, I, I, I want to talk about the wounded blue for a minute. Um, the Wounded Blue is, is an organization I founded. It's, it's, it's uh, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. It's, uh, it's, it's an organization that, quite honestly, should not need to exist. But what is happening is our officers are being injured and disabled, uh, either physically or emotionally, and they're being tossed aside by their own agencies and by their own cities. And so these men and women feel abandoned and feel alone. And so that's why we created the Wounded Blue. If for the audience that is, that is watching this or listening to this, if you are a law enforcement officer or have been, you want to check us out. If you know a law enforcement officer who's struggling, either, either physically or psychologically because of injuries, reach out to us. I have a fully trained peer support organization. All these men and women that, that, that are volunteers for the, for the Wounded Blue, um, have been there. They've all been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. So reach out to us. We exist for you. And uh, like I said, I wish this organization didn't need to exist. But um, go to thewoundedblue.org. See how you can help. Join us. We have a membership that, that, that assists law enforcement officers. If you're a citizen who supports law enforcement, show it. For 24 bucks uh, a, a, a year, you become a member of the Wounded Blue you show your, your, your uniformity with law enforcement. And for cops, you get access to CAPER. CAPER is an amazing program. It's the Confidential Assistance Program for Emergency Responders. You actually get access to licensed psychologists from the privacy of your own home so your department never knows about it. $10 a month. You cannot beat this. This is the greatest investment in your own emotional health. And not only that, but your family gets the access as well. Go to thewoundedblue.org. It is, it is a, an organization that is truly helping thousands and thousands of law enforcement officers around the country. No, and, and you know how I feel about it. I'm 100% behind that cause. I, I'm so excited that you brought that out and uh, I, I try to do my best to help it. You know, and, and here's a little, a little fact figure I'd like to throw out there just to put a little icing on this cake that we're talking about. Last year, four times more police officers were killed in this country than soldiers killed 
in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Right. Now, I'm not trying to take away a single anything, any second of, of gratitude for those soldiers. Right. But that needs to be said that there's many, many more police officers dying in this country. And that doesn't even count all the people who are beat up, injured, run over, screwed over, just like you're talking about. But 132 were killed. There's 10 times more or even far more than that that have been injured and, and hurt and everything else. So well, we, we see the police officers shot almost every single yep. day in this country now. Yeah. It, it, I don't remember it being like that. That might be because we have access to the news better, but I just, I don't remember that. The numbers seem to be through the roof on that. Um, it, it's a national problem. It needs to be addressed and it, there needs to be the wounded blue. Unfortunately, right now, I'm glad we're doing this, but it, there's the need, like somebody has to step up. So, you know, 24 bucks a year, but get on it. The woundedblue.org. Yeah. And you know, and while we're talking about this, you see, I'm drinking a cup of coffee that has law dog. Law dog yeah. is a brand new coffee company that, uh, that I am a part of. And the reason I'm a part of it is because 15% of all revenue goes to the wounded blue. This is a cause-oriented company. They believe in the mission of the Wounded Blue. In fact, they were formed because of this mission. And the coffee is amazing. It's, it's a Costa Rican blend. It is, it is roasted right here in the United States. And it is amazing coffee. Law Dog Coffee Company. You go to lawdogcoffee.com and uh, subscribe to this. They deliver it directly to your door. It's amazing coffee. And, and a, a percentage goes to fund the Wounded Blue. So it's a, it's a marriage made in heaven. Law dog coffee tastes so good, it ought to be illegal. Oh, that, that's a good one right there. Thank and you. Thank you. I, I did you put that just right now or did you already have that? I got to know. That, that, was... that came to me. That came to me. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Um, all right. So I have a, another one I'm going to rant about here, and I'm sure you're going to jump in with me here. Let's talk about Atlanta PD. You want to talk about Atlanta PD right now? <laughs> This is a good one. I, so, I posted all about this on my Facebook page. Oh, this, this one makes me happy just to talk about. It makes me furious to, to hear about. Um, Atlanta Police Chief Erica Shields. I wanted to make sure I got her name right. Yes. So yes. Erica Shields decided effective immediately the Atlanta Police Department, which seems to be a, a major city. It's a pretty large city. Lots of people. Lots um, of has, has implemented a no chase policy. No more pursuits in the city of Atlanta. Now, yep. I, I've, been in, I've been in two different police agencies. One had a restrict, like LA County Sheriff had a re pretty restrictive pursuit policy. Okay. Um, it got to the point where, you know, 1022 is a radio, radio code for canceling. And we knew that if we had a stolen car, we had about 22 seconds before the watch commander could walk to the dispatcher to stop that pursuit. So right. that's about what we operated with. And we were upset by that, but it left the door open. We had a pursuit policy and then there was discretion from supervision on whether it should continue or not. Right. As a, as a, a watch commander on patrol, I had that discretion. Right. In my old department, Riverside Sheriff, we had a, a much broader uh, pursuit policy, but it was on that watch commander to, to, to approve it or not. And there's lots of different reasons, conditions, road traffic. Do you know who the person is? Is he a threat to the public? All of these things go, go in, into it. But to just come out and say, hey, and then let everyone know that yeah. we're just not going to chase you anymore. What do you think happens, Randy, when that happens? When the, the criminals know that if, you, if, a, if they see red and blue behind them in the city of Atlanta, they don't have to stop. What's next? It is, it is, it is, it is incredible. It, it, and I guess I, nothing should surprise me any longer. 
we are seeing we are seeing such pussified leadership in law enforcement agencies across the country. This is a this is a shining example of a spineless chief of police. One hundred percent is this is a chief of police who who will willingly command a, a major police department to wave bye bye as they watch a murder suspect drive by them, unable to, unable to pursue them. It, it, to, to just come out with a blanket, no chase policy is, is not only, is not only um, a bad policy, but it is going to lead to, to even more criminal activity, violent criminal activity, because literally the bad guys are laughing at the cops. She doesn't trust her cops or her field supervisors. That's yeah. their job. Okay. If you want to have restrictions on what you can chase, but leave the door open, I get it. Look, there's nothing worse than chasing somebody for something small and then plowing into somebody and killing him. And nobody wants to be a part of that. Right. Nobody. But guess what? It's not the police that caused that. It is the criminal that caused that. So I understand mitigating that risk as a watch commander. There was times where it was a misdemeanor or whatever, and, and you know, it's just, it just becomes not worth it. But that, that decision needs to be made in the field. Um, and you cannot, like, so what happens if somebody's taking shots at a cop? Or what happens if they've got a, a victim kidnapped in the car? All these, like with a blanket response of no, what yeah. happens when yeah. it's time to really chase them? Cops are gonna get fired. I can give you, I can give you an example that happened to me. Um, I was, uh, I was a, a, a field lieutenant, and um, and there was a pursuit that that began um, with a uh, um, a wanted felon, and the watch commander, who even though we were the same rank, the watch commander had the ultimate authority to end pursuits, uh, and and against my wishes, this this watch commander ended the pursuit of this vehicle. Well, they found the vehicle um, a, about an hour later with the dead body of a murder victim in, in the trunk. There you go. And, and this is exactly what we're talking about. If you, if you just, if you just say no, the bad guys are going to know about it. They're going to be, they're going to be committing crimes literally with impunity. So not only are we fighting moronic legislators and, and politicians who legislate away police authority and police power, but now you have police administrators themselves who are who are willingly just abdicating their responsibility and allowing this nonsense to happen. How are you supposed to be a proactive police officer in oh. Atlanta Police Department now? You're going to go out and do stops, like so that when the good one you do stop doesn't stop, they just let them go. If I'm an Atlanta cop, I'm checking out. I'm parking. I'm going to calls until this is fixed. Because obviously the department doesn't have their back. It's it's right. just crazy. Because look, right. I understand like a misdemeanor, like a misdemeanor no chase. A lot of departments have you know misdemeanor no chase policy, except for DUIs or something like that. I get it. Like I understand. It. I don't believe in it, but I can understand the argument much more than just a blanket no chase. It's insane. While we're talking about insanity, because <laughs> because we never run out of. We never run out of insanity when it comes down to anything regarding law enforcement. This is, this is something that happened in Oregon, go figure. Um, and it has not gotten the attention that it should because this is a startling 
and a, a, a very damaging court decision that just came down from the Oregon State uh, Supreme Court. A recent ruling by the Oregon Supreme Court has banned a controversial police practice. No longer can officers use a broken taillight or a failure signal as a justification for scouting a car, a driver's car for illegal gun and drugs. The ruling instructs officers to stick to questions, quote, reasonably related to the reason the driver was pulled over, effectively ending law enforcement's ability to turn a routine traffic stop into a fishing expedition for a more serious offense. Fishing expedition. Fishing expedition. So let's talk about what makes a good police officer for a moment. Proactive policing. What is proactive policing? That means not just answering your calls for service. It means just not answering uh, your 9-11 calls, but it means actively going out and looking for bad guys, looking for crimes, looking for the ability to take guns and drugs off the street, which, which are basically the responsibilities of law enforcement. One of the major tools has been traffic stops. The more stops you make for whatever offenses, the more uh, possibility you have of digging a little further and discovering criminal activity. That's what makes a good cop. I, one of the best arrests I ever made was made for a uh, two o'clock in the morning. There was a guy cruising through the parking lot of, of a closed high school and the taillight was broken. So I'm, I'm, the license plate light was, was broken. So I made a stop for that. That gave me my, my, my lawful ability to make the stop. While I was talking to him, I saw uh, that the, the guy was really squirrely. And, and uh, when I developed the probable cause to go into his car, he had several bombs. He was on the way to bomb a school. Wow. Now, that came from a traffic stop for a license plate light. What the Oregon Supreme Court has just done is effectively end proactive policing yep. in the state of Oregon. You know, lawmakers, politicians, citizens all need to make a choice here, right? It's coming down to this. You either want the police to keep you safe and do proactive policing and try to stop crimes before they happen by catching bad people with bad things, or you want the police to just show up and take reports and try to catch them after the fact. If that's really the, the world you want to live in, good luck. Because if we go completely reactive policing, we're in trouble. A, a traffic stop is everything. Yeah. Stopping yeah. someone for a taillight is, is, is the legal reason to get in there and, and, and talk to people, see what's going on. And like, now they're saying you can't even talk to them. In fact, if you, any conversation, this is according to the Supreme Court, any conversation that you have with that driver has to be related to the, the reason for the stop. So you stop a guy for 10 miles an hour over the limit. You can no longer even ask him, hey, how's your day going today? According to this, that is no longer allowed. Can you imagine the absurdity of this? You may as well have a robot yeah. making a stop. That's what they oh, want. May I see your driver's license? Yeah, they don't, they don't want you to find out if they're impaired by speaking to them and, and then noticing that their speech is impaired, whether it be yeah. by drugs or alcohol. They don't want yeah. any of that. They don't want nervousness, like where they're looking, where they just stuffed their gun under the seat. They don't want any of that. You know, it, we came it, out it, as cops. And, it's crazy. It's crazy. We, we were looking for- about this, did you, Ray? No, no, about this. no, it's not out there. We, you should be looking for guns, dope, and stolen cars. And this, this is, and, and guess what? This cannot be appealed to the 
Supreme Court of the United States, which of course would never uphold this. No. Because this is a state court decision. So Oregon is screwed. It's insane. Like, I don't even know what they expect of, of police officers these days when they put together a law like that. Like, how are they supposed to actually do the job? I, I just don't know. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. And it, it's one, it's, it's another, I call it the anti-justice movement because that's what it is. There is a, a legitimate movement to, uh, to tear down the criminal justice system as we know it. I mean, look at the, the justice reform. That is, that is a, a, an assault upon um, effective criminal justice. That's what it is. It is, it is torn away of the fabric of what creates the criminal justice system. And this is done by people within the system. Now let's look, let's, let's go a little further here. What is the trend now in, I mean, uh, in Philadelphia, they, they, they elect a, an anti-law enforcement, anti-criminal justice district attorney. They do the same thing in, in, uh, uh, in uh, Missouri. They do the same thing in, in San Francisco. San Francisco just elected the son of cop killers who, as the district attorney, a guy who's never, who's never prosecuted a case in his life. He spends his time pledging about what he's not going to prosecute. It's awful. Yeah. That's where we're headed. That's the narrative has changed so much that that's where we're headed now. Like politics have driven this division through policing and uh, I've never seen anything like it, man. Like taking away all the police powers. We are going to have a responsive police force if we, if we let it happen. Like that's what's going to happen. And then, and then good luck. I hope everybody's armed. Oh, oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, this. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, Philadelphia has a new police commissioner. Did you know that? I did not see that. Yep. They, uh, they just hired away um, the chief of police from um, Portland, Oregon. Oh, great. The, the useless police Antifa. Chief, the useless police chief from, from Portland, Oregon, who has only served for two years there, uh, has now been lured away for $285,000 a year to de-police uh, Philadelphia. So now they got, they, got a, they got an anti-law enforcement prosecutor, and now they have, they have a, an incompetent – I mean, look at, look at where Portland is. Portland's police bureau can't even hire people because of, of the incompetent leadership of that agency. In fact, they're down almost 10%. And the last time they gave a police test, they, 60 people showed up and only three of them were qualified. Do you and, remember back in the day when it would be two, 3,000 people showing up for a police application, right, like for the test? Right. Well, people don't show up because they don't want to work in Portland. Why? Because the police chief and that moron of a, of a, of a mayor, Ted Wheeler, who is actually running the police department, but he hired a, a, a puppet. Hello, hello, I'm Daniel Ellaw. <laughs> and now she's the and now she's the police commissioner in Philadelphia. God help us. Those Philly cops, man, they uh, they got their work oh, cut out for them oh, now. Because, and this is and by the way, she was hired in the name of reforming the police department. Oh, because they need reform. I mean, cops are bad, criminals good, dude. Come on. Give the program, Randy. It's 2020. These damn cops. <laughs> Hey, uh, I got an update on uh, old Colin Kaepernick. He got oh. out of news a little bit. Little oh, God, why do you bring his name up? Just, it's just fun. It's just, it's just too easy. You know, Cap, who was a, who was a, a, 
had one good year as a quarterback and has been riding coattails ever since. Been out of the league three years, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, it's about the Iran stuff. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll just read one of his tweets. I mean, it's just, it's just fun. Uh, there is nothing new about American terrorist attacks against black and brown people for the expansion of American imperialism. That's America it. has always sanctioned and besieged black and brown bodies both at home and abroad. American militarism is the weapon wielded by American imperialism to enforce its policing and plundering of the non-white world. That's it. That's it. I know he's, he's, he's very angry that, 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 uh, that Donald Trump uh, ordered the killing of, of, of a man who's killed hundreds of Americans. I mean, so it's got to be an attack on black and brown people, right? It's, it's, it's a, he's racist. I mean, it has to do with, with you know, how the cops are, are, are beating black and brown people here and killing them. I mean, we're doing it all over the world, apparently, Randy. Who cares if they're terrorists? Kaepernick. And yet Nike will uh, continue to give him millions of dollars. Insane. Insane that people still buy this trash, to be real. Like, it's, I'm, I'm not big into the cancel culture. Like, you know, you say somebody says something, you piss them off, and everyone starts going through their tweets for 10 years looking for something to get him X'd out. Um, but this guy's just an ass. I just wish he'd go away. Yeah, he's done yeah, with him. Yeah. Please, go, hey, Colin, go away. There we go. Boom. Hey, we're about running out of time, buddy. Oh. Um, I, uh, for, for those of you that, are, that have not seen us before, um, Ray is a uh, veteran law enforcement officer. I am 34 year, uh, police veteran, retired Lieutenant at Las Vegas Metro police. Uh, I'm the author of, uh, four books that you can find on amazon.com and, um, uh, the host of blue lives radio, the voice of American law enforcement. And also, um, on lifezet.com lifezet that's Laura Ingram's, uh, um, website. Uh, I have a streaming television show called the voice of American law enforcement. So you can find us all over the place. Check out the wounded blue.org law dog coffee. <laughs> I won't say it again. <laughs> and, uh, and thanks for tuning in to uh, basically the Randy and Ray show. <laughs> <laughs>